0: You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week, one of my favorites, one of your favorites, she is the founder of Cyber PR, a music PR and strategy firm that serves independent artists. Her new ebook, Fan First, is available now at cyberprmusic.com, and she will be attending the Independent Music Awards next weekend in New York City and serving as a mentor. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome back our dear friend, Ariel Hyatt, to the Break The business podcast. Hi, Ariel.
1: Hello, darling. You know what? You are one of the few podcast hosts that actually knows how to pronounce my name. And for that, I thank you deeply. Well,
0: I try to be good with names. As I tell people all the time, having the most unpronounceable last name in the music industry, as I do, I try to be very sensitive about pronunciations of others.
1: Well, appreciated deeply.
0: (laughs) Right on. So I want to tell you that the reason why I'm having you on is so you can share your insight with my listeners, which is true, but it's not the whole story. Really, I'm having you on for me. It's a very selfish reason because the thing is, (laughs) Ariel, I'm going to be seeing you next week at the Independent Music Awards in New York. This is my first IMAs, and you know everything there is to know about this event. So the real reason why I want to have you on this week is I just need to know, what am I in for? What's this IMAs experience going to be like?
1: Well, the first thing I'll tell you is the IMAs are very special. I, I Also, I will disclaimer, I have known the founders of the IMAs, Martin and Jude, who you have had on your show, for years like 20 years. So they're their dear friends, they have always had a vision for being in the, in the music business, like so many of us have a vision. Theirs is truly to help musicians. So back when I met them, they used to publish a a directory of industry people that so you could buy their musicians guide, and it had like A and R people and licensing people and you know all sorts of names and numbers. And this was of course back in the day before the internet, where you could just Google the heck out of all this stuff. Um, and so I met them back then, and I love them, and they have created the Independent Music Awards, and it has iterated and iterated to what it is now, and it's truly. A honor to independent musicians. This is, of course, why I love it, because the Grammys, let's face it, that's not an award show that's really for independent musicians. Some of our independent colleagues have certainly won Grammys. That is not really the norm. That is much more likely to be an outlier situation in a weird category. I don't want to say weird category, but in a in a less popular. Yeah, somewhere category. Somewhere a Zydeco
0: like, player is crying right now it, from exactly that. Exactly.
1: No, but I mean if you know, for, for example, one of my colleagues from Women in Music won the children's award this year, and, and another one of my clients was nominated. So that's that's a category where it's possible. But t- truly, the independent music awards are for independent musicians and that's the, the only one of many many things I love about it the second thing I love about it is it's honoring i love that they have a ceremony there's a red carpet there's a chance to actually celebrate yourself this is this is also very rare in the industry. I think there's a few conferences that get this right where they're really honoring the artists. Like I think I I create music, the ASCAP conference does this very well. And it's rare though. So it's wonderful. You get to put on an outfit, you get to walk the red carpet, you get to hear your name read out. The way it's put together is extraordinary. And if you do choose to attend, it is a wonderful place to meet, other artists and network and see what 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 each other are all about and this year oh i am adding a initiative that we're expanding on from last year which is all about um adding a little bit of music industry insight so Ryan's coming as a mentor. I'll be there as a mentor. There are several other great colleagues who are going to be there and you can sign up and chat with us or come and take a mini masterclass or a little seminar or watch a panel. So they've added this dimension to it, which I love. It, it's another opportunity to, to get to know your craft and, and each other without just the big ceremony. So it's very cool.
0: I do love that about the show, that it does seem to be a lot more than just an award show. It's it's almost like a conference with an award show in it. There's so many things for indie artists at the show. But now you have me nervous. So you're telling me like red carpet treatment all the way. Like, do I need to dress to impress for this thing? Like, do I need to go find like my good tux? Or I mean, what should I be wearing for this?
1: I mean, I wouldn't say a tux, but people definitely dress to impress, which is, I think, part of part of it, which is really fun. Um, it's, in, it's New York city. So people, people bring it, which is lovely. Um, and everybody expresses themselves however they want to, but I mean, it is really, it is really nice to see people dressed up and, um, kind of honoring themselves that they got honored with a, with the nomination and, and it's in New York city and it's in a really beautiful venue. So, so it's fun.
0: Wow, so awesome. I gotta go all out. I gotta be seen and be seen. I'm thinking maybe remember that swan dress that Bjork wore yes. yeah, a yes. few years ago. Like that's I think I think I might wanna bust that out. Uh yeah, j- just cause I wanna idea. be distinctive. Because I feel like independent musicians, like they're all free spirits, they're gonna bring it. If I come in like some stuffy lawyer looking like, you know, you know, some some mob boss's consigliere, like that's not gonna work. I gotta I gotta jazz it up a bit. Oh, I'm so excited for this. And so, yeah, as we said before, this award show, it's, it's an award show, but there's also mentoring and educational initiatives and all you know, performances going on. Is there a particular and just, part of the, IMAs just about just oh, yeah, one other ahead. thing to yeah, yeah.
1: say, which is really amazing. The judges that judge the IMAs are, some of them are icons in the music business, like Keith Richards, Tom Waits, Tori Amos, Ziggy Marley, Amy Mann, Nora Jones, Keith Urban, Lori Anderson, the list goes on and on. Just picking up but all these they, names you're
0: dropping. My god.
1: It, I know, it's pretty amazing. Martin <laughs> and Jude have have gotten all of these fantastic artists and and industry people to come together. Macy Gray, I mean it goes on and on. You you can find it all at independentmusicawards.com, but it's really really cool that it's not just some sort of strange panel of we don't know who Um, it's definitely not nepotistic because the people that are nominated for the IMAs are not voting. The, the voters are actually artists that know how to listen for artistry. So I think that's really cool and industry folk. So I just wanted to say that for those of you that that have not heard of it and you're not going to be with us in New York, the IMAs, um, are definitely worth looking into. And there are so many different incredible, categories you can submit for best album artwork or best press photograph. It's not just about your music. Of course, that's important, but there are other really interesting categories. So I I just wanted to say that before we dive into them more.
0: I do love that they highlight all of the other different parts that go into independent music. And, you know, it's more than just the musicians. And I will shamelessly admit, I may have, you know, tapped Martin and Jude Folkman on the shoulder at one point and said, you know, a best podcast category wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. And he didn't immediately shrug me off. So there may be some potential there.
1: I think that's, you know, again, a fabulous area (laughs) that, you know, I actually, it's funny. (laughs) You and I think so much alike. I talked to him about best um marketing campaigns you know like what artists did really good either diy or hired an indie marketing or pr firm that that made a difference i think it's important to to honor you know everyone in a rounded way so
0: and to celebrate the inherent creativity and artistry that comes in those you know for to, to put those things together so many artists think of marketing and websites as drudgery but if they see the creativity in it and you know how, how fun and inspiring it can be, it could encourage even better work in that area. Absolutely. I'm all for that. Just as soon as they get the best podcast category up and running. <laughs> so of course, um, I'm so excited for this. We're going to put all the links and stuff to the independent music awards in the show description. I encourage all the artists to check it out. And in subsequent years, submit your stuff to this, these award shows. I want to see you guys win. I want to see you all celebrated the way we're going to be celebrating artists next weekend. Ariel, right. Let's talk about your new ebook. So excited. It's called fan First. Why did you want to write a book about encouraging artists to focus on their fans? Because I, I got to tell you, isn't this something that that artists are already kind of doing? Like, I hear artists tell me all the time, I love my fans. My fans come first. Fans are my everything. Are, are you seeing that artists are not focusing on their fans the right way?
1: You know what's interesting? It's it's amazing that you say that. I think that artists that are smart and and well-known – Will say that, and you know, you can always see that kind of thing. Like at any award shows, they say, "I want to thank my fans," which is an amazing thing. Um, but <laughs> as someone that runs first a a PR firm for so many years, and now a hybrid PR firm, digital marketing kind of artist development firm, I have noticed an alarming trend, and that alarming trend is sort of centered around the little lies that we tell ourselves as artists about fans. And the the biggest monster in the room, the 800-pound gorilla of lies, is if you hire a social media bot company, and make no mistake, if you're paying between $35 and $100 a month to some Instagram company, and they're getting you targeted real fans – they're, yeah, they might be real people with actual Instagram accounts, but they're not your fans. They're people that followed you because a bot followed you. And we've got a whole mess going on right now with artists that are building these so called fan bases. But when you begin to peel the layers of the onion back, you will soon realize they don't really have fans or as many fans as they need to have in order to make a sustainable career.
0: Well, I've noticed that where you have a lot of fan a lot of artists who have a lot of fans but what they really need are a lot fewer of the right kind of fans, right?
1: That's it. And I think another sort of bad news for some is it's very hard to remember that your fan base at one time was your friends and your family. That's where everyone started. And I think there's this, with this crazy going on and this this need to market and promote and be on social media and all the things, we forget about our core, wh- where our core is. and And then you're building your house on sand. So Fan First is about understanding the nuances between what I call the three communities. there's three communities or super fans who are real fans that actually are in the front row at every show and buy your merch and you know follow you around on tour and you know support your crowdfunding campaigns real fans. then there's two other categories of fans that I, that I cover in the book and it's very very important to understand, that not all fans are created equal and that you shouldn't have one strategy for communicating with all of your fans. Well,
0: that's, um, that's great perspective. And by the way, at the break, the business podcast, we call those super fans, the Zach Sloan fans, because the kind of fans that that take (laughs) all of your guests that have ever been on the podcast as musicians and turn all of their songs into a Spotify playlist, Uh, shout out to you, Zach. Uh, but I, I, that's awesome. And Um, One of the things I thought was interesting in the description of your book was a particular verb that you used for the right way to get your fans to where they need to be to move your career forward. And you use the term empowering your fans. I I, I was intrigued by that. What does it mean for an artist to empower their fans?
1: Fans are dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think this is something I actually became really aware of by watching the brilliant and masterful Tom Jackson, who if you haven't had him on your podcast, we need to fix that ASAP. But for those of you who don't know Tom Jackson, Tom Jackson is the creator of the Live Music Method. And his what he does is he is actually a live music performance coach. And he, I've seen him take some of the most lackluster live performances and in a matter of a couple of hours turn the artists that he is coaching and working with into electrifying live performers and the the baseline for what he talks about when he begins to do his work is fans are dumb and he doesn't say this in a mean way but but what he what he's basically saying is artists get up on stage and they're doing their thing and this is this goes for this week this is about the whole industry any artists get up anywhere and they're doing their thing and they forget that fans need to be led and if you don't lead your fans on a journey whether that's during your live performance or during your marketing or during your email list or during any of it They will not know what to do and how to respond. So I challenge you, the next time you go to a large rock arena show, I mean a show like a big show where there's tens of thousands of people, you will see that these shows are designed for the fans to not feel so dumb. The lights go on in the audience at a certain time, for example, when it's time for you to maybe sing along to a chorus, or uh, when it's the drum solo, you'll notice all the lights are on the drummer and everybody else is stepping back off the stage and, and they're not all doing their crazy thing. So, this is what my book is trying to do it's trying to show you that it is imperative to lead your fans if you want them to have an excellent experience.
0: Let me ask you this last question before we let you go, Ariel, and I get to see you next week at the IMAs. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward?
1: Um, What's my tip today? What have I been doing at my desk? Um, <laughs> Learn learn Spotify. Put your damn bio up on your Spotify, please. Oh, that's it.
0: Oh, that's, that's a good it. one. That's,
1: that's put, tremendous. Put your damn bio up on your Spotify. That is my tip and your photos and your links to your social media. And while you're at it, do the same on your bands in town. I cannot believe how many languished accounts I look at takes two seconds. Go update your stuff. Those are the two that I think people sometimes.
0: overlook. Well, I guess it makes sense that a lot of artists that, you know, maybe use a central curator to kind of post things on all those platforms, like a CD baby to put everything on their Spotify, Artists often forget, hey, maybe I should actually open up that Spotify profile and put stuff in it and don't just let CD Baby put my tracks on there and nothing else.
1: Exactly. That,
0: that makes uh, excellent sense. I'm so excited to see you next week, Arielle. Uh Thank you so much for taking the time for speaking with us this evening.
1: My pleasure.
0: And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.